Welcome to the golden 50th episode of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on Tokyo Disney Resort, and we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us on our website, tdrexplorer.com, on Twitter, at tdrexplorer, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. I'm your host, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and I'm the one eating all the seasonal food at the parks. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me there, at Lover, and also under the same name on Instagram. And joining me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Patricia. Hey guys, I'm Trish, I'm the official photographer for TDR Now, TDR Explorer, <laughs> and you can um, find me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm not eating the food still, but I have, wait, I have progress. I have four and a half kilograms to go and I'll hit my goal weight. And then there might be some flexibility. I don't know. I don't know how much flexibility, but maybe, maybe a cocktail a month or something or some sweets. We'll see. We'll see. So is your goal to finish this before Christmas because you know Christmas has a lot of good food right I know <laughs> I do I do I want to finish by impossible by November or mm. the end of October November by November is more realistic so you can do it you can do it I because do we it. because we have to go to the parks and have all the Christmas food I can't have all the food because I'll be maintaining well I'll buy one you'll buy one yeah. and then I'll eat whatever you don't eat we can sample each other's food <laughs> exactly but i'll eat most of it that's good i like okay. that we'll do that okay we got cool. a plan okay christmas we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> all right guys you can hold us to that we're gonna be we're gonna be eating around the 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 parks for christmas not halloween not halloween not yet but but christmas, christmas. <laughs> okay so we're doing things a little bit differently this episode it is our 50th episode. Can you believe it? 50 episodes? I I can and I can't. Like, it's it's a really <laughs> weird thing because, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's so, it's so, like, to me, it's kind of crazy because I remember, like, this was, I don't know how many years ago now, like, uh, just over two years ago, you and I were talking like, oh, we should do a podcast. No one's doing a podcast about Tokyo Disney. Yeah. We should do it. We're like, yeah, yeah, we should, we should. Then we didn't, then we didn't, and then just decided, like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just start doing it. That's exactly how it was. We were just like, you know what, if we don't do it this week, we're never going to do it. (laughs) And here we are, 50 episodes later. That is is so crazy to think that that we've done that. Well, I guess a a little bit more than 50 episodes, because we have a couple specials, but... Oh, that's right. Yeah, but, but those are, like, you know, different. Yeah, those are bonus episodes. There you go. Bonus episodes. It's been so fun. Oh, I I love doing this every week. It's it's 
gets me excited. It gets me to talk about the parks. And we actually learn stuff too because everyone asks us these questions and sometimes we don't know the answer. So we have to go find out the answer. Yeah, it's like sometimes like things that we would never even like consider. And I'm yes. like, yeah, that's a good that's a good point or that's a good question. You so know? it kind of it kind of gets us out of our our comfort zone in a way. Yeah, I used to just sit around all day and watch shows and now I do other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I would just go to the parks and eat. And that's about it. Well, I still do that, but <laughs> I, I go say, and do. Wait a minute. <laughs> I go do other stuff while I'm eating. I walk and eat at the same time while I'm doing research for you guys, Ooh. so you can have the best vacation ever, because Tokyo Disney is the best Disney park. I think, <laughs> in my oh, opinion, those are like fighting words. Like people in like Paris <laughs> and Disney World and California and and Hong Kong and now Shanghai are like, wait a minute, Chris. <laughs> well, if people want to come fight me, they're going to have to come here. We need to have like a battle of the parks one day. <laughs> oh my goodness, that'd be interesting. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Like rate all the parks in the world, uh, like on certain it, things. Uh, if we had like kind of a uh, like shotgun questions where we had to answer them really quickly. Yeah. Like, uh, we should do that one episode. Okay. We're, okay. We're gonna, I'm going to write that down. Take notes. Take notes. Taking notes. Okay. I, whatever. <laughs> Remember it later. Okay, so we're going to be talking about our best and worst moments at Tokyo Disney Resort. That was from one of our listeners, and it's a great suggestion. And then we're going to talk more about us. Because every week we talk about the parks, and we kind of share our experiences in the parks. But we haven't really told you guys a lot about us. So we're going to share our story with you guys, just so you can get to know us a little bit better. And then we're going to talk about where we're going to go next with TDR Now, TDR Explore, and we're going to ask for your guys' help because you guys are awesome. But first, I just want to thank every each and one of you that are listening every week and those of you that have been with us from the beginning. We couldn't have done this without you guys. We really couldn't have. Uh, it's As we said, it's a ton of fun doing this show. And every week, it's something to look forward to, and we learn stuff. It's 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 fantastic. I love it. I love doing it. I really do. What about you, Patricia? Oh man, you know it, it's like and, and it's on so many different levels, right? Because like doing the show is one thing, and then you get like these like I've I've said this a million times, so you guys are sick of hearing it, but like these hilarious comments on Twitter, and you know like when you're having a hard day, and then you go check on Twitter, and somebody said something like just really funny, you're like, oh, that's. That's like the best. So like our listeners are amazing on so many levels. They contribute to the show. Um, they give us amazing suggestions and questions and and just interacting with you guys. It like I don't know about you, but it brings a smile to my face every day. Like I really enjoy it. Like even when I can't reply right away, like I I I love I love uh, interacting. So it's it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm having a down day, I will just open up Twitter and I'll see all these replies and I will read through every, each and every one of them. I don't reply to all of them sometimes. It's just, you know, time and all that kind of stuff. And then I forget. I know. I'm sorry. But it's just so much fun reading everyone's comments. And sometimes I would think, like, are we just talking to, like, just putting it out there? Is anyone listening? But no, everyone is definitely listening. 
and it's awesome. There's people from like North America, from Japan, from the UK, from Australia, New Zealand, uh, France, Germany. Like there's people all over the world listening to us, and that is amazing to think that that we're reaching all these parts of the world, and we have this one thing in common: we just love Tokyo Disney Resort, or they're going to love Tokyo Disney Resort because you're planning your trip to come here. <laughs> yeah, and, and another thing is like um, every every once in a while, like people will come and uh, they'll ask if to like have time to meet up, and it's it's been you know such a pleasure meeting so many people from different walks of life, and like you said, it's it's just this hobby that ties us together. Um, but like, that's what makes it so cool. Like people that you would never have met otherwise. And, you know, and Disney people are just so friendly and, and warm in general. I, I mean, you know, there's always, you know, the crazy people that are kind of like, you know, really weird. But, you know, other than that, like in general, people are like super, super friendly and sweet. And you make um, really, really good friends uh, sometimes, you know, so uh thank you uh i don't know i'm not going to say names because i don't you know for privacy reasons but thank you for the the people that we've met um you know for the uh, the spending time and, and chatting and um just giving us the pleasure of making your acquaintance that that's been wonderful yeah it's been it's been quite the ride so far and we're going to keep going that's what we're going to do we're going to keep going we're going to keep bringing you the best information about tokyo disney resort to each and every one of you because we love it just so much so much <laughs> okay okay so so we're gonna talk about our best and worst moments at tokyo disney resort patricia i'm gonna i'm gonna get you to go first okay oh and oh sorry uh and this this came from warren so thank you warren for that awesome suggestion thank you warren okay so patricia what what was the best thing it's really hard to say it's really because, you know, there's just so many like really, really, really good memories. Like, I think for me, the 25th anniversary in general was just so, so fun because it was like at a, a time in like my son's life when he was like about he was about I want to say oh, he was a baby. He was like two years old, I think and two or three years old and um we we had a, a a big circle of friends at the time through due to a mutual connection and um we had like a baby's group that would meet like 10 10 babies sometimes like all together with their mommies and we would like uh do attraction switch and things like that uh, but i remember like a few like standout moments was um one of them was uh halloween um, where they were running like I think five parades at the same time. There was the, there was a greeting parade. There was, I think, two Halloween parades. Like there was a daytime version and a nighttime version. There was a daytime parade and there was electrical parade. I think that's what it was. And um, we would just wait all day in the same spot with like a group of friends, and just like catch the parades all day the kids were wearing their halloween costumes and just uh playing with each other and having a fun time and just spending the entire the entire day just enjoying you know the tdr entertainment 
And um, another anniversary memory was like the first day of the 25th anniversary was like running to get a spot and watching the opening ceremony and all the characters running out of like I'm talking like I don't know how many there's like like hundreds of characters just coming out of the castle and everybody like the dancers wearing costumes from like the different shows since the beginning of when the parks opened and that was just like phenomenal like I'll never never forget that and then maybe the last one was like just the shows that year like Mickey's Dream Company loved loved that show the Christmas show that year with a crazy stage where they were doing like the 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 stunts with like the bicycles and like the skateboarding and it was like the stage that would like wrap around and they would interact with the audience with like throwing balls into the audience and stuff like that it was like it was just like such a blast and such a fun year like I'll never forget it so maybe that sounds amazing it was really amazing it was oh like oh my goodness oh my god I, I mean I, I can't even begin to express and that it was so funny because at the time you know people were saying oh this doesn't compare to the 15th anniversary which okay to be fair the 15th anniversary was you know something maybe we'll never see again you know, that was like craziness. But I thought, man, I would give anything to have the entertainment from like something even similar to what we got for the 25th anniversary. I am really curious about the night and day version of the Halloween parade. I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube because that sounds amazing. They I didn't even know about that. that. Yeah, they used oh, to do goodness. that. And I missed that. They used Ugh. to have like, um, oh, my God, there was like a rock and roll one one year. Where that would also take the nighttime version was completely different. Oh wow! But th- that is yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, oh. and the twenty fifth anniversary was like villains. Oh, and they used to sell the Halloween costumes for the kids to wear too. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing! It was. I still have oh. Kai's um, mysterious masquerade costume. Mm. Oh, I love that. Ah. <laughs> uh. So after we're done recording this, okay. I'm going to go and just watch YouTube videos for the rest of the night. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, you have to. Check out. I will do that. It was Disney Sea, but check out Mickey's Dream Company. And okay. Mickey had like either four or five costume changes in that show. Holy cow. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And that was for Disneyland's anniversary. So it was like cross parks. Oh, wow. They really went all out. They did. It was really neat. Oh, oh man. I oh, I wish I got to see that. And that was like one of the year, like the year like Duffy was really blowing up. So they had a bunch of different park costumes with like the 25th anniversary logo. And um, there was like the custodial cast costume. There was a like haunted mansion costume there was like all these different park the the hotel uh costume like all these different park related costumes for duffy and they would sell out like in days like like a day or two and it would be gone huh and we would get pins we got like a ton of pins like all you would have to do is show up on a day and everybody at the park would get pins i think it was like 25 pins or something like that that they handed out throughout the year Oh my goodness, pin collectors in the US would love that. Oh my goodness. I wonder how much those pins are worth now. I know, I have a bunch of them. There were some days where I was just like, forget it, it's raining, I'm not going. 
<laughs> so I went for like I got most of them, but like, yeah, I wonder. I have like a bunch of them in my closet. Should you should go on eBay, e- eBay or Yahoo auctions and just take a gander and see. <laughs> Check it out after the show. <laughs> maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can retire off that. Who knows? Because nah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else, because everybody in the park got it that day. Yeah. You never know. You never know. <sighs> okay. So I guess I guess I can share my my best experience. Yes, please do. But I have two. I couldn't, I couldn't decide. No, it's so, so hard to decide. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. So the first one, this was last year during my birthday at, at Disney Sea. So a bunch of us got together because it, it was my 30th birthday. So I wanted to do something special. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I get all my closest friends and let's go to Disney Sea for the day? Granted, I was stressed most of the day because I was never in a group that big before. And getting everyone, it's kind of like herding sheep or herding <laughs> sheep, herding, herding cats, herding gelatonies <laughs> is what it was that day. But it was still fun. It was amazing. I loved, I loved the entire day. I would do it again in a heartbeat. But the thing that stood out the most was our dinner at Magellan's. So one of my friends beforehand went and told them that it was my birthday. Which, you know, that's kind of standard. Kind of what you do when you go to a restaurant, you know. Um, But I had no idea they did this for me. So after our dinner, uh, a bunch of cast members brought out a birthday cake. And they all started singing happy birthday to me in English. And then followed by my friends that were singing. But then I could tell that the song was very loud. I'm thinking, why is it so loud? And then I noticed everyone in the restaurant was singing happy birthday to me. Aww. I, w- I was just like so blown away. I was just thinking, holy cow. Every single person in this restaurant. Well, maybe not every single person. But most of the people were singing happy birthday. And then when it was done the entire restaurant just erupted in clapping. Everyone was clapping for me. I was so embarrassed, but at the same time, I was just so happy. It was just something, it was just something I, I will never, ever forget. That is so amazing. It was so much fun. I, I, I loved, I loved that. And it was, it was kind of neat looking around the restaurant and like, like making eye contact with all these other people that I have no idea who they were. And they were like genuinely happy for me. Like they're clapping and smiling. It was just, it was just an amazing feeling. I loved it. Um, the other thing was watching the sunrise from the SS Columbia on New Year's Day. Seeing, yeah, seeing seeing the very first sunrise of the new year at I don't know what it was like four in the morning, four or five in the morning, because the sun comes up really early here, even in winter. So it was just like after a really busy night at both parks because for the New Year's you can actually hop between the parks after a certain time. I think it's after midnight. Mm-hmm. You can hop between them. So after a long cold night, just seeing that sun rise, it was just it was magical. I I, I loved it, and I can still picture it clearly in my mind. And that's. That that's probably like one of my most favorite things. And whenever when whenever I go to Disney Sea, I always have to go on the SS Columbia. Have to I have to go on it every time because that's my absolute favorite place it, in the entire world. It's really cool because you're you're like on the actual 
ocean almost you know pretty close pretty, pretty close, close. <laughs> you can see it you can see the actual bay from the ship so it's it's just very magical and you can see two volcanoes on a clear day there you go see mount fuji and you can see mount prometheus how cool is that i don't know anywhere else in the world you can do that hopefully we will never see them both erupting on the same day <laughs> yeah let's let's hope not <laughs> <laughs> we laugh now we cry later. <laughs> this just went to a dark place. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, so that was our best, our best experiences. What about the worst, Patricia? I will, I will let you lead the charge on this one. Okay, for somebody who complains a lot, I actually don't have a lot of worst memories. Like my. My worst memories, like, were was like pro- like something I wasn't even there for. So, like, my sister, um, the time that she called me and she's like, I didn't get to watch the the show after she had not been here for like six years or seven years, and um, you know, she she was having a really rough time. She has um, an illness that she you know there's no cure for, and and so she was actually very sick when she was here. And she had won the lottery for the once upon a time for like center. It was a good seat. Um, well, I won the lottery and I gave her my ticket and they they rejected her from the show. Um, so I, was, I felt like I wasn't there. So for me, like through her, that was maybe my worst. I felt I felt bad for her. Um, but for me personally, and it wasn't even a bad memory, like, it, well, a little bit. Uh, do you remember when Shelly May was released? No, I, I wasn't here for that, so... Okay, so... Okay, imagine this. You know, Duffy Lines, at the most, okay. I think they had never hit over five hours. <laughs> it had never happened before. Like, we had waited five hours to take a picture with Duffy and Santa. We, you know, it, it was never, like, anything, like, incredibly... I mean, listen to me. It was never anything that crazy. The five hours is pretty crazy. So, um, but... I was like, okay, this is going to be probably about a five-hour wait. And we got there in the morning, and the line was super, super long. And I'm like, huh, this is a long line. And we met with a friend, and Kai was there, and he was a little baby. And it was the first day they had ever released another friend of Duffy. You know, the first day for Shelly Mae. And we had been hearing rumors leading up to it. Oh, there's a girl bear being released and whatever. And so we were like, okay, we're going to go and we're, we're going to go early and we're going to get in line and we're going to buy it and, and then whatever. And that line ended up being eight hours long. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Chris, oh, my goodness. And we got there early, eight hours long. And at one point, um, seagulls or yeah, it was seagulls. I think seagulls or pigeons, they started circling because people had popcorn because there was the popcorn bucket. And um, like the, I think it was the first time they had released like the basket shaped popcorn bucket too. There was like a whole bunch of like first time releases that day. And they were circling us and pooping everywhere. <laughs> and it was just this never ending line. They actually brought out cash registers to the outside of the store ringing up people there they were doing everything they could to get it under control and it was like pure 
madness. And after five hours, I'm like, we can't leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been, you you got that far. You're like, if you quit now, it'd be all for naught. Exactly. We are getting <laughs> this stupid bear no matter what. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And I think, and it was like, people were passing, taking pictures, and like, people were like, what's going on over there? (laughs) The corporate people were all standing around looking pleased and yet uh, worried. (laughs) And it was like... I have never I had never seen anything like it and I have never seen anything like it since. And they learned so you can tell they learned so much from that day and they've applied what they've learned for each, you know, um release afterwards. You know, now we have those timed tickets like uh kind of like fast pass where they'll give you a time to return to the store. Um, they, they've gotten so much better at these releases. Um, so like mad, mad props to them for taking what they learned on that hellish day (laughs) and, um, and, and making uh, a good thing out of it. Right. But, uh, I can't, I can't even complain about that because looking back, all you can do is laugh, you know, and, and in the end, it's a fun story so and we got Shelly Mae and I remember meeting up with a couple of friends at a a restaurant later I'm like here this is the bear and I throw it on the table (laughs) I had to dodge a lot of seagull poop to get this you have no idea because once the seagull (laughs) saw all that popcorn in that eight hour line it was freaking crazy you have more will than I do I don't think I would have done that and with with a toddler Chris (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness you are dedicated you are dedicated I can say that much this is why my son doesn't want to go to Disney anymore (laughs) (laughs) you scarred him for life is what you did (laughs) (laughs) okay Chris Uh, your worst memory (laughs) well so this was back when I first moved to Japan (laughs) I was living in Japan for a week and I wanted to get my annual pass. So not knowing anything about the parks, because I visited twice before that, when I visited back in 2010. So I was going in blind. And I and I said, you know what? I really want this annual pass because I'm going to go all the time. And I know I'm going to go. So I went there. And I didn't, at the time, didn't speak a lot of Japanese at all, like beyond the basics. Um. So I got there and I had to go to the ticketing center, which is in Ixpiari. Uh Well, there's a there's a, a couple places to get your annual pass, but that's where I went. And that was a challenge because the girl didn't really speak a lot of English. And obviously I didn't speak a lot of Japanese. And it was late at night, too. So there wasn't a lot of people working. And I was already stressed enough as it is just from moving to a different country. And now I'm trying to get this passport uh, annual pass and so I got the form I started filling out the form and there's a lot of Japanese on it and I don't know a lot of the stuff on it so I'm like stressing me out and I'm almost like on the verge of a breakdown because I'm like just so stressed out (laughs) and then when it came to pay for my annual pass I used my credit card and guess what 
My credit card did not work. No. Everything they tried would not work. They tried entering it manually. They tried swiping it. They tried everything. And it would not work. I was so embarrassed. Was it because it was like, an international card, you think? I, I still don't know. So, like, after with my broken Japanese and everything, I told them I was going to go phone my bank and then come back. And they said, okay. Well, seeing I was only there for a week so far, I didn't know where to go to phone overseas. Like, I didn't have my phone yet. And I tried one of the pay phones, but I could not figure it out for the life of me. I don't even think you can make an overseas call without, like, a, a card or anything. I don't know. Oh, I, tr- yeah. I tried. Nothing worked. And by this point, I was like, I just want to go home. I, I'm just, like, so tired and I'm stressed out. And I don't know what to do. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the Disneyland Hotel. So I went to the Disneyland Hotel. And thankfully, there was a cast member there who spoke perfect English. So I explained to them the situation. And I asked them, is there any way I can phone my bank overseas? And she went and got her manager. She explained the situation. And I was able to phone my bank overseas. Yay. Um, Turns out my credit card was fine. There was nothing like there there was a note on my account saying that I was going to be using the card overseas. So they said it was nothing on the banks and it's over at Disneyland. I said, okay. So I had to go and explain that to the cast members. Again, uh, back at the cast members at the ticket ticketing center. Oh, my God. And again, like I was just like stressed beyond belief. I was just everything that went wrong did essentially is what happened. <laughs> and then I went and this is how I found the ATM, the 7-Eleven ATM in Ixbiari. And I pulled out cash to pay for my car for my passport so i finally after probably a good two hours two and a half hours i finally got my annual pass and oh was that stressful (laughs) that was uh like just just thinking about that it just like makes me like really anxious (laughs) i can hear it in your voice (laughs) it was just it was so stressful like, not even here for a week and, you know, everything, like, like with moving to a new country, like, I had a whole lot of other stuff going on as well. And I just added this, added to my own stress is what I did. But after, after you could go to Disney to relieve your stress. I did. I went to Disney right afterwards because it was still open for like another hour. I went there and I celebrated. I had like. I don't remember what I ate, but I ate something. You ate something, right? I ate something because I was hungry by that point. But I remember doing like a little victory dance after that. But at the time, that two and a half hours was the worst. The absolute worst. (laughs) It was terrible. But I got through it. So I guess it has a happy ending. I mean, like, what does that say about TDR that our worst experiences are like not that bad? (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Like, you know, you think it would be, like, something, like, horrific, you know, but it's, it's, things, you know, run actually really smoothly, like, most of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. It's very rare, it's very rare that you'll have, like, a bad, like, a really bad experience, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. (sighs) 
Yeah. So now, so now I have myself like all stressed out after saying, explaining that story. <laughs> Shake it out, loosen up, because loosen okay, up. Okay, okay, we're good. Okay. <laughs> so that was our best and worst moments at Tokyo Disney Resort. So now let's let's talk more about us because you know I like talking about myself. Who, we're, we're who narcissists, totally. Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> so no. next, we're going to be just answering some questions about just us in general about like how we got here and all this kind of stuff so i want to say thank you to john who gave us this fantastic suggestion uh, thank you john for this entire section and he gave us a bunch of questions so i cherry pick some of them and we're going to go through them and then we also have other questions from other people so we will give shout outs to them once we get to those questions okay so let's let's just get right into it um well first off patricia how did you end up here like how did you end up in japan like you're you're from miami how did i end how did up you end here? up all the way over here even i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um okay so what happened was we were actually living in okay funny story um i'm from miami but at the time before moving here we were living in urayasu which is where disneyland is not tokyo urayasu's sister city in uh by Orlando. And uh, my husband was working for a game company there. And there was a massive layoff uh, for the project that he was working on. So we, you know, we, we need, he needed to find a new job. And um, we found that there was like for, for him better job opportunities here. So we moved over here. This is actually where he's from originally, his his country. And um, we were looking at different areas to live in. We looked at Makuhari. We looked at Tokyo. We looked at like kind of like the different areas. And we kind of fell in love with uh, the city we live in now, Shinurayasu. Uh, we're right by Disneyland, which also uh, Urayasu is a sister city to where we were living before, which is really neat. You know, we didn't know that before we moved here. And, um, you know, we we had a small child. And uh, this area is just loaded with parks, a lot of young families. Um, and it's uh, wide sidewalks. It's like totally not like any other part of Japan that you've been to. So it's it's just a great place for, for families. Like one of the only places in Japan, actually, where the birth rate has gone up. So um, we love it here, and, and that's how we ended up moving to Japan. Wow, that's short and sweet and to the point. <laughs> and I mean, like, the thing is, it's an international marriage. So one of us is always, you know, there was always a chance that we'd be moving to one of the other country or a completely different country, you know? So, I mean, we, we knew ahead of time before getting married that there was always a chance to to move around because when you're in an international marriage that's just you know how it works out mm-hmm. so yeah that makes sense how about you how'd you get here chris well i got here by plane <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so <laughs> um so i used to actually live in japan before before this time um this was back in 2003 actually uh i graduated from high school in canada and I was always friends with the Japanese exchange students back home in Canada. And so my teacher, she was in charge of all these students all the time. And so I I, I always grew really close with the Japanese students. We always became really good friends. And a lot of them I still talk to today. We're still friends. 
And after I graduated, or just before I graduated high school, my teacher, she asked me, she said, would you be interested in going to Japan? And I said, to do like a student exchange? She's like, yeah. Is that something that you ever thought of? And I said, not really. Like I, I didn't think little old me from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan with a population of 30,000, 40,000 people would, you know, go to Japan. You know, that, that was something I always thought, you know, it'd be cool to visit one day, but I never mm-hmm. thought of like just actually living there. So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I was 18 at the time. So I thought, okay, sure. Fast forward. I went on the student exchange. I was in Japan for six months. I was up in Tochigiken, actually near Utsunomiya city. Oh, what was that like? I was Inaka, uh, really right? rural. It was super rural. I was, I was the only foreign student in my school. So not like there was next to no English. There was a couple teachers that spoke English. It was really like fully immersive experience for me, which was amazing. I, I loved it. It was hard at times, which we will get into in our next question. But yeah, it was a fantastic time and I loved it. So once I came back or once I went back to Canada, I always said, you know, what? I want to go back to Japan at some point, either to visit or to live there again, because I just I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed myself. So fast forward to uh, 2013, I came over here on a working holiday visa. Uh, I was 28 at the time. And a working holiday visa for Canadians, the cutoff age is 30. So once you turn 30, you're not eligible for this working holiday visa. So I thought, you know what? This is a now or never type of situation. So I saved up money for a year so I can come over here in case I couldn't find a job. And so I have you know money to travel around, live, and all that kind of stuff. And came over here, and it's been almost three years later now. Three years later now. So that is here nuts, I am. man. <laughs> it's been a long journey to get here. But it's so funny, like the little things that happen early in your life that affect the outcome later as an adult, right? It, yeah, it's amazing thinking about that. Like, I think. Like thinking how I got into Japan and all that kind of stuff. I think it was my teacher that day when she asked me, would you like to go to Japan? And I said, yes. That's so cool. Who knew that it would change my life completely? Who knew that? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's really amazing to think about that. But like moving, moving to a different country that's completely different from our culture, like you know, Canada and the U.S. were rather similar because we're you know North American culture. So, you know, we we have we have our similarities, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So there's a transition to living here. Like, it's a big transition. Yeah, any foreign country you move to, it's a it's a pretty big transition. Culture shock. Yeah. It's real. It's real. I I I never really took it seriously i'm like that's culture shock that's not gonna happen to me i know what i'm doing (laughs) oh how wrong i was how wrong i was (laughs) thinking back to my first month in japan when i was here in high school i don't like saying this but i wanted to go home like i just everything was so different yeah i was like i like i remember crying myself to sleep a couple times because i was just like i just want to go home like, I'm sleeping on a futon on the floor. I'm eating, <laughs> a, like, fish, 
like for every meal I was having fish because you know that's what my host mother prepared yeah I like everyday things I can't do anymore because I can't communicate with people I'm going to school and I don't understand what anyone's saying to me I have to wear a uniform it's hot I have to ride my bike to school in this uniform. Like I have to do these club activities and like, it's just like everything changed all at once. And it was just, it was that first month here was Mm -hmm. ridiculously tough. I I really did want to go home. I really did, but I'm so glad I didn't. I think there's like a big, it's like the mental shock too. It's like, it's, it's weird because you're enjoying it and at the same time you have like that that like shock to your system and like you said yeah you you cry like i'm i did a study abroad in in france when i was in elementary school and it was the, it was very similar it's like i was enjoying it so much but at the same time emotionally it was just like a really big shock and and it 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 affects you like mentally you know like you're hearing a different language all day every day and uh like like there's like little things that are like the same but slightly different and it just throws you off completely it's like really bizarre yeah it's just it's it's much different than coming here on vacation totally yes completely different <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah just thinking like so Fast forwarding to when I moved here again, um, I didn't have as bad of culture shock because I I knew a lot of the basics already. Mm -hmm. Like I knew what to expect. But this time around, I was an adult. I had to take care of everything myself. From getting an apartment to registering at the city hall to opening my bank account to getting a cell phone. Like, I had to do all these things. Like, doing it back home in Canada, you know, it's, you know, the first time you're doing it, it's still kind of stressful. But at least I could communicate with people natively. Cause uh-huh. I, but here, uh, a lot of these services, like, don't expect them to speak English. And I didn't, you know, because I'm living in a foreign country. I don't expect them to speak English to me, especially to these things that are for local people. So when I had to do it, I was very stressed which i think kind of added to my stress that happened at disneyland <laughs> and there's Just, so much paperwork involved always. oh my goodness like <laughs> yeah i am really good at writing my address in japanese because i've, I've <laughs> written that thing so many times it's just, yeah, so much paperwork in this country. It's ridiculous sometimes <laughs> just how much paperwork there is to do. Oh, but speaking of uh, Japanese, like the language, did you know any before you moved over? Um, I did. I did. I had. Um, so Jap- Japanese is not my second language. Japanese is my fourth language. What? And, okay, I didn't so- know that. <laughs> Yeah. So I um I went to uh like kind of like an immersion school for French when I was in elementary school and then um so I can I always continued with my French. I've lost a lot of it now cuz I I don't have a chance to practice it. But um and also living in Miami um like you pretty much have to know Spanish. And uh it was the only way I could communicate with my grandmother. So um I spoke English first, uh then Spanish and French. I learned around the same time and um i i was kind of interested in japanese because uh you know i we had done like some kind of um what was the class like 
was it anthropology or some like social studies or something like that and I was like oh seppuku that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I was really interested and it's such a different language so they were offering it in my high school and I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a try because it's very different from what I'm doing so I continued my French but I also took um Japanese also on the side so I did a little bit of that and I I I was really interested in it so I studied some in my um university because I was uh studying international relations and I thought oh this is useful I can um so I I went for like an Asian studies uh degree and um I started learning some Japanese uh and then I stopped for a while and it, it kind of like I lost a lot of it uh but I, I still have you know some of it which which actually made transitioning over here easier you know um besides my my husband being able to help me uh that I think having some grasp of the language being able to read like at least something like some kanji and hiragana and katakana I think was a really big help I don't know what I would have done if I didn't if I couldn't do that because I as moving here as like a mother with like a really young child I I was it was already like a heavy stress to begin with but um that having some grasp of the language is like a big help I think oh yeah for sure knowing knowing the language that you're gonna have to speak beforehand is a good thing I would say <laughs> what, what uh, about you did you did you study um, well, you well you knew the, some of the exchange students, and you did your your homestay. Uh, so did you did you study a little bit before doing that? Or uh, well, when I first came in high school, yeah, I knew I knew nothing like zero Japanese. Oh my gosh! So I, I was can't kind imagine. of thrown in the deep end. Is kind of what happened, and it was a sink or swim situation. Thankfully, yeah. I swam. Um, but it was almost ten years after that that I moved back here. So I lost a lot of my Japanese because. Why would I be using Japanese in the middle of Canada, right? That's the thing. And if you don't use it, it's so weird how your brain just like discards the information, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's gone. Yeah. Really. But um, when I did know I was going to be moving back here, uh, I started studying again. I was using the Genki books, which are really good, by the way, and I highly recommend them. And I was using that to study. And... I wrote the Japanese proficiency test, the lowest level you can write, the N5, mm-hmm. and they actually offered in Canada. Oh, great. So I wrote it, uh, I think, a year before I moved over here. I failed it by a couple points, but I was still happy with the results. Yeah. So I knew the basics when I moved over, I guess, best way to put it. And for now, like, I'm not fluent in Japanese, but I can get by. I can do everyday things. Um, if you need me to explain something in great detail, I struggle with that. But if you need, if I need to ask for directions or like order something or buy something or just ask a general question, I can typically do that. But I can't fully express myself in Japanese like I can in English. Not yet anyways. I'm working on it. Working on it. It's the dream. It's the dream. Yes. <laughs> I, I can do conversational um, I can read some kanji. I would like to be able to read more. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on that now. I'm trying to, like, I got this app called um, Yomiwa. I think I talked about it last time. And um, there's another app which has, like, different, like, um, like article selections. I don't know where it is. Somewhere on my phone. Uh, I'll find it later. But it's great because uh, you can practice um, actually, like, reading, like, different, like, short articles, which is wonderful. 
Um, so I'm trying to bring my reading up because I think that's the that's going to be like such a boost uh, to like improving my fluency. And then I'm kind of like working on my grammar now because I do want to kind of like communicate more. Like we want to um, we want to do more outreach within like our local community and especially with the Olympics coming. I, I would really, really like to bring my Japanese level up so I can volunteer um, in the Olympics, you know? Oh, that'd be fun. I think I want, I want to do that too. I want, right? to, I want to volunteer for the Olympics. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so like for learning Japanese for myself, I use a bunch of methods. Like I've tried stuff and some of it works, some of it doesn't because I get bored easily, I guess. So some things just don't work for me. Like sitting and reading a textbook, I can't do that unless I'm just learning like the grammar. I need to learn grammar points. Uh-huh. Textbooks are fine because there's no other way you're going to learn it. You can't just learn it from reading because you you kind of need that stuff explained to you as to how it is or why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. So I use the Genki books for that, which are perfect. Um, but to like kind of keep up with it. Um, well, for learning Japanese, I, I do a language exchange every week. I have a friend. Uh, his English level is very low, so which is perfect for me because him and I... We will do one hour in Japanese only. So he kind of helps me with that and corrects me when I make mistakes and stuff. And then we switch over to English and then I do the opposite. I help him with his English. So that has helped me quite a bit um, in my office environment. Uh, it's half foreigners, half Japanese. So I use my Japanese with the Japanese coworkers, So that helps as well. And then just kind of being here. You just see signage everywhere or you're, you're forced to talk to people. So that, that obviously helps because you're kind of forced to do it <laughs> in a way. <laughs> um, and then for like leisure stuff, I like to play video games in Japanese. Oh, that's really good. So what I do is I will play a video game that I played in English. So I kind of know the story already. Mm-hmm. So then I can focus more on trying to understand the words that are being used. So then I'm not, you know, too over my head. So like right now I am replaying The Legend of Zelda or Green of Time on my 3DS. Oh, it's so nostalgic. Oh, I know. I just <laughs> like listening to the music and everything. It's just, oh, I love it. So I've been using that. And what's great about that is it has the kanji on there. But also on top of the kanji, they have the furigana, which is the uh, phonetic. Oh, uh, beautiful. Phonetic way of saying the kanji character yeah. in uh, hiragana. Because this game is meant for children, so, you know, children have to learn somehow as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways that they help children learn and perfect for us that are learning it, too. I found the name of the, the app, the reading app, if you're interested, actually, Chris, for you, too. Um, it's called Mondo. Mondo. Okay. And it has, like, little articles and it'll uh, do, like, a kanji test in the beginning. And then you can read the article uh, based on like kind of like your reading level and it has Mm -hmm. like a bunch of different topics oh that's cool i'll I'll have to check that out i like that yeah Uh, another thing that i use is uh anki oh anki's really good right yeah that's the the space repetition Mm -hmm. software i use that that's that's more just to help me remember words it's not it like you don't really use it for grammar all that much, but it's more for just learning words. So I'll do that when I'm on the train or something like that. And I find it it, it really helps. So <laughs> talking about like 
all the stuff about Japan, learning Japanese and all that kind of stuff. What about what about home, I guess? Well, I guess home is like kind of in quotations because <laughs> home is wherever you want to call it, right? But yeah. I guess back, like, what do we miss from back where we come from, I guess, or... <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't, I don't know how to phrase that because home. Yeah, I don't. Know, I find, I find like to me, Japan is kind of home now. So your home country. Yeah, our home country, where where we come from originally. So for you, Patricia, what do you what do you miss? About- oh my god, I miss. Okay, so I'm from Miami. You guys know that Florida. Um, I miss Cuban food. Oh, I've never had it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I know there's some other. Listeners from Miami, um, like uh, shade, shake the mame, like a mame shake, and um, like ropa vieja and pastelitos, which are like pastries with like different things, different fillings inside. So, and Cuban coffee, um, cafe con leche, especially. But it's good because now that I'm on my diet, I wouldn't be able to eat them anyway. So, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if I went back home, it might be very very dangerous and I also coming from Florida you know we went to the beach recently and it was fine but I do miss those Florida beaches and living next to the the Caribbean that beautiful uh, clear water um, in the Keys I I really miss that what about you Chris huh you know what this is gonna sound crazy but I miss my winters back in Canada that's okay. You're you're a winter boy, and I'm a summer girl. So. I miss I. For me, I find it strange having Christmas that doesn't have snow. To me, that is just too strange. So, like when Christmas rolls around, when here in Japan, that's when I miss home the most. Uh, th- th- that is the hardest time. The holidays are always the hardest time. Yeah, it's just the food and all that. Like you know. That stuff that you grew up with, it's just, it's not the same here. So, yeah, that's what I, I guess that's what I, I miss the most. And obviously my family. like Of course. That. Yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> miss you, mom. <laughs> no, she's probably listening. <laughs> but look, for other things, hmm, I'm going to have to say, well, I guess, I guess this kind of ties into our next question, which is about uh, food. That we wish was in Japan. Oh, it's always about um, the food. <laughs> it's always about the food. I miss poutine. I miss proper poutine. I want to try proper poutine. Oh, uh, it is delicious. That was the first thing I had when I went home last year. Oh my gosh! I went and I'm like, "Give me your biggest poutine. I want it." <laughs> that is what I, that that's all I'm having. That's all I'm having right now. And also, like an like a, a big fat juicy steak. That is not a ridiculous amount of money. Right, that does not cost you a fortune. <laughs> I haven't had proper steak in a long time. Probably the last time I went home. Oh my I, god, I, I miss that. I, I I really miss that. Oh yeah. And for other food, I guess this kind of ties back to my Native American roots. Uh-huh. But I I miss having uh, dry meat is what what we call it. Oh. So it's. It's uh, it's it's essentially jerky, yeah. But it's made it's made with uh, moose meat instead. <gasps> That's gotta be impossible it's, to get here. Yeah, completely. But the stuff that I would get would be homemade. Like my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, they would make it oh. and they would send it to us, so we would get it like fresh. And it's 
Oh, it's so delicious. And every time I have it, it just tastes like home. That it really does. amazing. It's so good. It's just, oh, and I wish I had some right now. It's, it's so it's so crappy because for most people, like living in Tokyo, you can get almost anything that you want. But it's like those really regional foods that mm-hmm. are like the only things that you can't get here. Yeah, that's, oh. And usually what my dad would do is he would actually put lard on it. Yeah. It sounds sounds weird. No, but, but it's that's delicious. That's, it's yeah. so good. That is something I grew up on, so it's just like to me that is home. That that tastes like home when I have that. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love I, I I have to go to Canada and eat these foods. Yes, you do. You really do. And I have to go to Miami and try all the all those foods you listed off. I can't remember any of them, but they sound fantastic. <laughs> there you go. You can go to Disney World afterwards. Sounds like a plan. I love it. I love. I love that plan. Um, what what else we got here? Oh, our least, in, our favorite and least favorite things about living in Japan. Oh, it's weird because for you and me, like it says living in Japan, but I think our experience is living in the city or just outside of the city. It's really different. Like, well, you lived in Tochigi, so. You would know it's like really different from living in Japan in general, right? Yeah. For my favorite thing, Disney aside, because that's kind of an obvious answer. <laughs> um, like especially being in Tokyo, there's always something going on every weekend. Yes. Like it is, you cannot get bored here. It's impossible. Can, and if you, you do, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like you need to, there's always something to do. And it's always something big going on. Like there's a, concert there's a big pop artist going like coming here from you know north america or europe or something like that or uh japanese groups are touring around or there's like an art galley going on or there's a classical music concert or there's just just endless things to do all the time which is fantastic i love that aspect and also um getting almost any kind of food I want. That's <laughs> almost. Yeah, that's the weird. That's the thing. Almost everything else you can get. But yeah, if it comes, if you want like Italian food, or or Spanish, or yeah, like, um, Korean, or Chinese. Indian, or Chinese, or like you, it's it's basically like 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 any major city in the world, like New York or like Paris. You have like such a wide variety of dining at your fingertips. You know. Yeah, I just, I love, like, if I want to, I can have authentic Indian food Mm -hmm. for lunch, and then I can go have authentic Italian food if I wanted to, and then I can go get myself a Chicago deep dish pizza. And and you, You can get all these things here, which is awesome. I think it's also the timing of when we moved here, too, Chris, because a lot of things... Like, I talked to friends who who have lived here, like, much longer, like, 20 years or so, and um, the things that we have available now were were just, like, not available in the past. Like, we have so many supermarkets that we can go to and just get, like, whatever and, and, and cook what we want, whatever we want to cook. Like, for Halloween, um, like, Halloween is huge now, and you can get all your Halloween decorations. People are doing trick-or-treating now in some neighborhoods. You know, it's, um, there's Easter stuff, you know. It, it's crazy. We have so much available now. Um, and I heard it wasn't like that before. Yeah, there's, 
Yeah, I, I've kind of heard the same thing too. It's just like recently, there's just a lot more available here than there than there used to be, which is interesting. And there's more coming every day. Like um, Ansel All Dominique came here. I think Umami Burger is going to be here soon. Um, you know, yeah, we had um, Blue Bottle Coffee opened up here. Yes. Taco Bell opened up here. Yeah. Um, what else? I'm thinking, um, uh, um, La Dure is here, which is amazing. That. Uh, that burger place, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what is it? Shake Shack. Shake Shack? Shake Shack, yeah. Shake Shack just opened up <laughs> here so last good. year. Like, yeah, there's just so much available here. It's really, it's really amazing. And um, I love the museums. There's, there's always, I mean, any big city, right? Like, you have, like, so many museums and so many exhibits going on. You don't even have time to go to all of them. You know, which is like just wonderful shows like musicals and musicals in even in your in, in English, you know, like they'll bring the cast from like New York, you know, um, ballets, uh, classical concerts, like you said. I mean, there's just always so much to do. Yeah, there's, you you never run out of things to do here. If you do, you're doing something wrong <laughs> and you don't need a car. No, you don't. I I I own a bike. Me too. Yeah, that's all that, I have. That's about it. Like, yeah, I I use a train for everything, everything. Right, and if and if you do need to go somewhere a little bit more pinpoint specific, there's taxis, there's the bus. You know, the mm-hmm. transportation here is so efficient and so inexpensive. It's yeah, it's ridiculous how efficient the trains are. Um, I I guess another favorite thing of mine is. It's safe. This this country is very safe. Yes. It doesn't mean that things don't happen because things do happen. You no, know, because like it's not that, not perfect. That guy at the pool slicing women's bottoms with a knife. I I read about that. That's weird. <laughs> that was so weird. He got ten of them. I'm like, how did they not catch him after the tenth <sighs> woman? That's yeah. That's that's messed up in its own right. But the, apparently, that pool gets like super duper crowded. Yeah. So it'd be hard to hard to catch anyone it but it's so rare that that's like yeah. it becomes national news yeah you know but it's so, so I, safe I, like as a woman i go like um on nighttime jogs it's well lit there's a lot of other joggers it's very safe i i'll go to the movies at xbri and I'll, I'll be like i'm just gonna walk home and enjoy the nice weather today and uh i walk home and it's safe you know it's it's just unbelievable. It's a very safe country. Like, not once have I ever felt threatened. Even in, like, going to the red light district. And no, I wasn't going for it's anything. It's a little what you're shady thinking. over there. Like in Shinjuku, right? Like, my <laughs> yeah. husband. Oh my God, I swear to God, I almost killed him. So he's like, let's go. <laughs> I wanted to go check out this perfume in, in this department store in Shinjuku. Because they don't sell it. All, everywhere it's only like two department stores in the city and um he's like let's go see the godzilla building like and i'm like the theater with godzilla and the s i'm like okay cool he's like oh look the robot restaurant is here and the sun is setting and that robot restaurant is like in a super shady area and we're with our son and i'm like this is not a place for children and he's like no, no look there's some tourists with their kids i'm like because they don't know they can't read the signage. And there's announcement. There's actually announcements going, don't follow people into buildings. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
Really? <laughs> you brought yeah, us here a- as it's becoming nighttime. Use your judgment. <laughs> but even that was not like you don't feel in danger. No, like usually if you're there, you know, if it's like, let's say a group of guys, these uh, bar owners will come up to you and ask you if you want certain <laughs> things and you just politely tell them no. Or if that's something you want to do, you know, fill your boots. I'm not going to judge. But anyway. No, no, man. They'll drug you and stuff. Yeah. Don't don't just... follow them into buildings <laughs> like the announcement says. Yeah. So there's shady stuff does happen. You just have to kind of keep your wits about you and just just be smart about it. Yes. Um, really quick story time. <laughs> a friend of a friend, fr- friend of a friend went into one of these places and ended up getting drugged and had everything from his hotel stolen because they took his wallet and found out where his hotel room was and took everything. Oh my God. See? So yeah, don't do that. Don't go into these places. Just avoid them. (laughs) Come on guys. Even when you're on vacation, even in Japan, just use your common sense. (laughs) Okay. So I guess we, we kind of talked about our favorite things and kind of went into our least favorite things. So I guess that is probably one of them least favorite things it's kind of hard to think of things that i don't really like about here because I, I i enjoy living here like i enjoy living in japan otherwise i wouldn't be here you know, right yeah it's like it's like any other place there is good there is bad um i do i do get annoyed at the the amazing like level of passive aggressiveness sometimes oh that that was going to be my answer too <laughs> <laughs> like the teeth sucking and and the thing is like it doesn't work on me so <laughs> i'm like oh let's let's move forward because this technique works on other japanese people but not on me yeah, i yeah, love the like the very subtle repeating of like oh yeah, it's it's hard. You you kind of have to experience it to understand what we're talking and about. And it's not like super aggressive. It's just slightly annoying. Yeah, that's that's so true. It's so true. Or like if people don't acknowledge if something happened, then it didn't happen. Yeah, I kind of like that part. Well, <laughs> like cause for me to to get to work, I take the Chuo line, which is one of the busiest lines in Japan oh for trains. Yeah. So like in the mornings, because I have to go during rush hour, it's like when people push on to the train, it's like. All manners are out the window. It's just pushing and shoving. And then people like, well, like give me dirty looks because I bumped into them. Like, oh, my God. Seriously. On the rush hour train. Like you do know that there's 20 other people pushing me. I don't really have a choice. And I'm sorry that I bumped into you during rush hour. Like, what do what do you expect? (laughs) I don't like it when people break the, the lining up rule for the train. Like today I was waiting for the train. I was first in line in my little queue and this lady comes out of nowhere and just stands in between both queues where the doors are. You know, I'm like, woman, do you not see that everybody else has been standing in line for however long? But that's okay. Because she didn't, she didn't, uh, she didn't win that battle. Okay, so tra- train battle. Okay, so I guess commuting on crowded trains is, would be my number one. Because usually I don't have to. So I, uh, that's, that can be, it can be really, um, 
like mentally stressful and tiring. Especially when it's hot. Rush hour. Yeah. It, it wears on you after a while. It really does. Oh, okay. Okay. Number two. Number two uh, thing that I, I don't like. In wintertime, you're all dressed up. You're wearing a coat. You're wearing a scarf. Maybe ear mufflers. You're, you know, wearing boots. You're wearing winter clothes. And you get on the train and the heater is at max. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. And the department <laughs> stores are at the maximum heat. And you're, like, getting physically sick. Because it's so hot. You're like, why? It's, why? That's the worst. I would say that's the worst. I don't, I don't like that at all. That's why now I've learned to, like, dress in layers so I can just kind of peel them off. You have to dress as light as possible while still surviving the cold. <laughs> it, yeah, that that's... I, I, I don't like that at all. I just, that is the worst. <laughs> the worst. It is so it's weird all... that that's the worst, you know? Like, can you think of, like, so many other places that you would go to and, like, the worst is, like, something so much more dangerous or annoying <laughs> or something? And, like, the worst is, like, oh, the heater is too high. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, the definition of first world I swear problems. it is. It's our first world problem. Uh, well, I guess in the summer, it gets so humid and hot here that... You have to sleep with like the air conditioning on because we don't have. Well, I guess that's another thing I don't really like is there's no insulation in houses. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I've heard this so many times. Speak for yourself. Our house has insulation. <laughs> yeah, but you guys live in like a really modern building. That's true. <laughs> so you're kind of exempt from that. You're lucky. Whereas I live in a building that was built in the 90s. Oh. So. Speaking of, okay, speaking of kind of like old-fashioned things, do you hang your laundry outside? Yes. I would say 99% of the people here do. Yep. And I used to too. And Chris, I got this amazing washer-dryer. It will change your life. (laughs) You have to change over to this. Mm. Okay, so like for the listeners, like hanging your laundry outside, it's a big deal. You have to do it every day. Because you can't put that much laundry in the machines because the machines are not like these ginormous machines that we have like in North America. And then um, if it's like this week or it's been raining every day, your laundry starts piling up and there's only so much of it you can hang in your apartment. Or in the mm-hmm. winter time when it's cold, it doesn't dry completely sometimes. So it's really stressful. And the humidity does not help. No, it doesn't at all. At all. So that's another one. Okay, but going back to things that we love. Okay. Okay. And appliances that we love. Japanese bath. Yes. The best. And Japanese toilets. Yes. The best the inventions ever. Okay. Especially in the wintertime. And in, in, in where we live, it's it's not like Canada cold, but it's pretty cold most of the year. And mm. that the bath stays heated. It, it's really um, deep. So you can completely submerge your body. They sell these amazing bath salts and bash, bath uh, skin moisturizers. And it is just like a pleasure experience. Love it. Love. I, I never used to love like taking baths back when I lived in Canada. Here, love them. Absolutely love it's them. It's a must. Okay, so enough about Japan. Let's talk. Let's let's bring it back to Disney for a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Because this is a Disney podcast. Gosh <laughs> darn it! So, uh, well, for for all these past questions that we answered, thank you to John. Shout out to him 
for coming up with all those questions. Thank you. So next we have um, one from Showcase Wishes on Twitter. And he asks, why do you love Disney and what got you interested in it? Oh, man. This goes deep. (laughs) Keep it short. Keep it short. Uh, Keep it... Keep it under half an hour. Okay. This is... <laughs> I I will be completely honest with you. And it's basically brainwashing since birth. Okay. <laughs> so I've been going to Disney World since I was an infant. Okay. I could not walk. I could not talk. Every freaking year. Sometimes twice a year or three times a year. Um, we've... Almost always had like an annual pass. We've stayed at almost every single hotel on property. Um, So basically, we were raised on Disney brainwashing. Hmm. Chris, how about you? Well, I guess kind of, well, not exactly the same as you, but like most people, I grew up with Disney, right? The, the, The Disney movies and all that. So that was always just part of my childhood. Um, but I never went to a Disney park until 2010. And this was when I graduated university. Oh, my gosh. Uh, because growing up, we lived in the middle of Canada in Saskatchewan. And traveling anywhere took a long time. And flying from that part of the country is expensive. Yeah. So growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. So taking vacations like that was to me it was always just like this dream something that you know maybe one day maybe one day we'll do it and then 2010 came around and i was treated to walt disney world as a graduation gift oh, from university it's the gateway drug i just i fell in love with it i i just it was magical <laughs> you know like as cliche as it is it was it was magical it was fantastic i loved every minute of it and i wanted to take everyone i knew there and show them just how amazing it is and i know it disney is a big corporation brainwashing that's the blah, weird blah, thing blah. Is I, that you know that. you know i know it is and, yeah, and that's I, okay it's so weird I, it's it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i know what it is i'm fully aware that they're a multi-billion dollar corporation i get it but you know what i'm okay with that i really am it just, i'm fine with that and it's such a it's such a part of like um, of like for for me like it's such a part of americana you know like that american yeah. history and culture you know it's it's like you can't take disney out of it you know because he's he's such an interesting guy and he had so many like these huge plans you know it's like it's like craziness you know and, and i think um those those kind of people they come about every you know generation or a few generations and but it's they're very rare people very interesting people and they accomplish so much within their lives it's like super interesting mm-hmm. and i guess like for other like other things that kind of got me interested in, in into disney a little bit like when i f- first went to walt disney world i was just blown away by the customer service like just how you know the the extra mile that cast members would go to to you know, just to make it just a little bit more special for you. Like that just like really got me because I like throughout high school, I, w- I worked at McDonald's. So, you know, customer service was something that I was kind of interested in because, you know, that that's kind of all I knew at that point. So just kind of seeing the custom, their customer service level, it was just like it, it really blew me away. 
now being in Japan, oh my god, know, like uh, the customer service level of service here is phenomenal, to put it, you know, in one word. It's really weird so. because they're they're both like it's 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 so different too, you know, because like the Japanese customer service is like like you said, it's like so detail oriented, and it's so like over the top and consistent. And I would say, like, the Disney American guest service, right, is very, it, like, it's, it's for American customer service, it's really high. And then on top of that, there's all these, like, these creations of special moments that they can't necessarily do here because they try to keep the experience standard. So at, like, Disney World, they'll, they'll create, like, these, um, quotation mark, magical Moments like these really special things that kind of like really make your vacation like you never you'll never forget it right like whether it's uh, staying at like Wilderness Lodge and being invited to the roof to see the fireworks or um, a cast member taking you uh, to like kind of like the the back area where you can see like the like um, one time we were at Mission Space and this guy took us to like the control room and we could like mess around with the buttons and stuff like that and. You know, like just like these really interesting moments that you would never get to do normally, you know, it's like like uh, it's weird because like it's they're both really good, but in different ways, you know. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I like like for the Japanese customer service, I love the consistency. So I know what I'm going to get every time I go. Like if I go to Starbucks, I go to McDonald's or I go to, you know, insert store name here. I know what I'm going to get because they are so keen on consistency that it's just like it's it's very comforting. It really is like and especially like, you know, we mentioned earlier, like the crowded trains and like all this stuff. So that level of consistency helps to make like this comfort level that you kind of need to get through your day. You know, when you have like a really hectic day of commuting and at work and a lot of high pressure and then that kind of like make it kind of smooths things out when everything goes as it should, you know, <laughs> that's so you true. Kind of need that's that so balance. true. Mm-hmm. I agree. One hundred percent. So thank thank you. Showcase wishes for that for that awesome question. Uh, so we, we we have one more. We have one more question. And this comes from Jonathan on Twitter. Uh, And he asks us, how do you view the parks differently after 50 episodes of the show in comparison to how you viewed them before TDR now? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. That's a really good one. I like that one. I really like that one. (sighs) Should I go first or you want to go go first? You go first. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know how to start. Um, (laughs) I would say, for me, I look at the parks very closely now because all the questions that everyone asks and all the articles that we write and the stuff we discuss, I need to go out and do my research. So before before the podcast, you know, I, I would go to the parks and I wouldn't look at the details. I would just go there just to be there, you know, like... And now I go there and I still have a fantastic time. Don't get me wrong. I love going still. and But now I'm paying more attention to certain details because I know someone asked a certain question. So when I go there, 
I'm going to just kind of pay a little bit more attention to it. Or I'm going to go find something out. Like uh, one thing, a good example was people were confused how the priority seating was changed for the table service restaurants. So people were confused about it. So I thought, you know what? I need to eat when I go there. I'm going to go make a reservation to see how this works. And I went and I did it. And it kind of got me out of my comfort level or comfort zone because I don't I don't particularly care to talk to people <laughs> in a sense. I know that sounds really weird, but I get really nervous when I have to ask someone a question, especially in a foreign language. I get really nervous. So I just kind of like put that aside and just said, you know what? This person asked me and you know what? I'm going to go get that answer for them. And it doesn't matter if I can't communicate 100%. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get that answer for them. So that's one of the things that has, you know, how I view the parks differently now. Because I have to look at these these details now. Which is a really good thing because it forces me to do that. Which I probably wouldn't have done on my own. So... Patricia, what what about you? Um, maybe similar. Like, I think I, I try to think of things now more in terms of of uh, visitors visiting internationally. Like, how is their experience different from people living in Japan, right? Um, so, like, I'll pay more attention to little things. Like, for example, out of Shadowlands, like the like would they be able to understand without a translation you know or you I notice more when they and they've improved like dramatically like the English resources on the official website like I start to notice more things like that because it just for a long such a long time it just wasn't available at all that um, I, I just stopped paying attention to it at all until we we started doing the podcast and you kind of like need to look at well what what resources do people have available to them right so i think i started to pay more attention to those kind of things when in the past i I had just kind of like almost unconsciously like just blocked it out i'm like well i i i don't have it available anyway so i'm just gonna ignore it you know yeah that's so true like thinking about it now yeah like because for like my level of Japanese, I could understand most of what's going on. So then I just don't think about it from a perspective of someone who doesn't speak any Japanese or can understand any of it. So this kind of forces us to just kind of think about it just a little bit more. Um, exactly how you said from the perspective of someone who, you know, is visiting. So it makes us better at conveying our message and all that <laughs> to everyone and i think one of the good things coming out of the the olympics coming to japan in 2020 is that it's and now everybody's starting to think about those things they're they're starting to think about how are international visitors going to deal with uh, train delays the announcements right now are mainly in japanese and sometimes there'll be an english announcement sometimes no um, sometimes it'll show on the little screen. Sometimes it won't. So now um, everybody in the city is starting to kind of like think about those little details. And I think you're going to 
uh, for a lot of the international um, tourists, you're going to see a, a big improvement in that and probably at TDR as well, uh, like just as an extension of, of that. So I think that's going to be very interesting and, and it'll, it'll be really helpful for tourists in the long run. A lot of people are brushing up on their English. People are, are really trying to think of ways to make things as easy for the, the influx of international tourists as possible. Yeah, I think having the Olympics coming and all that, it's just the the English is just going to get better as we go. I, I'm pretty sure. And as you already said, TDR is starting to show that with more English available in the parks, which is fantastic. So thank you so much, Jonathan, for that awesome question. And I know Jonathan has listened to us since episode one. Episode one. So he's been with us from the, since the beginning. Wow, that is so neat. And I'm pretty sure Showcase wishes as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And I want to say, John, I'm not 100% sure. But, John, if, you're, if you've are if you been with us since the beginning, awesome. If not, you should go back and listen to them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If we should. What did we sound like in the beginning? I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> okay, this is TDR Now, the pilot episode recording on September 5th, 2014. My name is Trish. I'm the photographer for the TDR Explorer website, and here is my handsome co-host, Chris. Chris, can you tell me, uh, tell the audience, I already know you, a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Chris, obviously. Um, I am the main content creator for TDRExplorer.com, and this is our first uh, pilot episode for TDR Now. What TDR Now stands for is Tokyo Disney Resort Now. With this podcast, we hope to cover everything uh, you need to know when coming to visit the parks here in Tokyo. So we're going to cover things from tips, tricks, um, the latest in news, the latest in you know all the happenings, new merchandise, all those things, and we're going to cover it in English since there's not a lot of English uh, speaking podcasts or even websites for that matter. I actually think we're the first... Uh... English podcast for Tokyo Disney Resort. I know some podcasts cover um, a little bit, um, but we're the first dedicated podcast, I believe. So this is very exciting. Yeah, it's there are a couple podcasts that have touched on Tokyo Disney Resort here and there, but I would say that, that we are definitely one of the first ones that are going to completely focus on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so... Speaking of the podcast, like where where do we want to go next with this? So this is where our listeners come in. What do you want us to do more of and what do you want us to do less of? Because, you know, this show is for you, for everyone listening. You know, this is to be informative, to give you news and to, you know, be entertaining as well. Because, you know, we don't want to be boring. That's boring. <laughs> So if you, if you have any suggestions for the show, like things that you want us to do or not do anymore, whatever, just send it to us. Contact at tdrexplorer.com and we will see what you, or we can see what we can do because we want to make the show even more awesome than it already is because we know we have an awesome show. <laughs> One thing that Patricia and I have talked about is starting to do uh, a Patreon for the show. To help uh, cover some of the costs of like hosting the podcast and all that kind of stuff. And so we can help bring better quality shows to you guys and 
um, things like that. So one question we want to ask is what kind of perks would you like us to offer for Patreon? And for those of you that don't know what Patreon is, it's a online um, site where you pay X amount of dollars for, well, in, um, in, in this case, it'd be per episode of the podcast. You pay X amount of dollars to help us, you know, fund the show and keep it going and improve it. And in return, we give you a certain perk depending on how much uh, you sponsor us or like give us on it. So if if you guys have any like suggestions for perks that you want us to offer, let us know because we have a lot of ideas, but we also want to know what you guys are thinking because you are the ones listening. You're the ones that are, you know, giving us all the input and all that, all that kind of stuff. So let us know, send it, send it to our email. Again, it's contact at tdrexplorer.com. Uh, Patricia, do you have anything, anything else you want yeah, to add? Yeah, you know, and, and Patreon is really great. You guys don't think we're going to start like, charging every for everybody for the podcast we're not it's purely voluntary i've used it in the past with podcasts that i enjoy and um it's you can cancel at any time you you know it's like like what we do like maybe four podcasts a month so it'd be like if you do decide like even like at the minimum like let's say like a dollar that would be like a cup of coffee right so it would really kind of like help because we do put a lot of like time and effort into these shows and uh it's 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 pretty tough sometimes you know um and um a lot of the bonus content from like the shows that i've listened to that i've i've done patreon with are are really interesting some people will do um like uh let's say a bonus content some people will do uh, early release for episodes. Some people will do um, a, like a chats, like online meetups and chats, uh, live chats, things like that. So um, if you think of anything really interesting, uh, you know, like Chris said, send us your ideas. If there's something that you want, tell us what you want. And um, we will totally look into it. And and I think uh, it, it would really help keep the lights on at the TDR Explorer Studios. <laughs> 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 definitely. It would definitely help us out a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, like you guys, it's it's been 50 episodes and I cannot express how grateful we are, you know? It's it's just like really big that you guys have been along on this like uh, this Disney journey. <laughs> yeah, like how how do we come up with content for fifty episodes? I still don't know how we did that. I don't know either because <laughs> OLC is not coming up with that much content lately. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up with a lot of stuff. We are. We really are. And I'm thinking like, are there things that you're interested in? Are you like interested in like? Um, I was thinking like one thing that might be interesting is like TDR history, you know, kind of look at like attractions that have closed or like big moments in TDR's past. Like what what kind of content are you guys like interested in, you know, because, you know, it's it's hard. It's so hard to say, you know, like what, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, like eventually, you know, we're going to cover everything when it comes to trip planning. So we want to, you know, branch out to some other stuff as well. The stuff that's interesting, like, you know, history and all that kind of stuff. And also maybe 
Um, I know we've done this in the past with a few episodes, but more stuff on Japan as well. Because when you come here, you're not going to be just going to Disney most of the time. So there's going to be other stuff you want to do in Japan. So why not have us give you some ideas, you know, to to do in Japan? Because we live here. So, you know, we don't just go to Disney all the time, although it does look like it (laughs) sometimes. But, you know, there's other stuff we can also talk about, too. So if you're interested in us talking more about Japan in general, like maybe some more trip planning stuff that's a little more general about Japan, let us know. And we could start working that in more as well. Like tourism in general. And also, I think we'd like to hear more of your voices, right? Um, like find a way to fit in like uh, like like audio comments and things like that. Right. Wouldn't that be kind yeah. of interesting? Like, yeah, send us like send us some questions in audio format and we'll put it in the show. For sure. And like this guy, um, Giorgio, right? The Delatoni guy. I would have loved to have hear, heard how you actually say the phrase in Italian. Like, I want to hear that audio, you know? So, because I, Chris and I, you know, we kill it. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, we just, we, we butchered that. We really did. We're just like, like, I can, I can feel the cringe from the other side of the, of the planet. <laughs> I think that we, I, I think we, I would like to see more interaction with you guys. Hear your trip reports, you know, uh, maybe interview some people. Like, um, there's this uh, this lady who was visiting, um, who had these allergies, and I'd love to hear her experience, not just at the parks, but um, in Japan on the podcast. I think you guys might be interested in that too. So, like, kind of like things like that, I thought might be interesting. But what do you think? You know? Yeah, let us know. We are we are open. We are open to new ideas and suggestions so i think i think this is it for our golden our golden episode episode 50 wow it's amazing it's amazing (laughs) we did we did it we we went a little long but that's okay we're allowed to for anniversaries we're allowed to go a little bit longer yes so again i just want to thank every each and every one of you for listening and sticking with us this long it's been one heck of a ride and here's to another 50 episodes So make sure you rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on Google Play Music, because we're on there now, which is really cool. We are hip with the times. (laughs) (laughs) Send us your questions and suggestions. We said it a million times already. Send them to us. Contact at tdrexplorer.com. Spread the word about us. Tell your, I don't know, tell your barista, tell your postman. Are there still postmen in the U.S.? I have no idea. What? There are. Are of course. Post well, people. Know. Okay. Post Postal people. Workers. Whatever. <laughs> Postal worker. There we go. That's a that, that's that's a better <laughs> way to put it. Tell everyone. Tell the person at at the uh, drive through McDonald's. I don't know. Just tell everyone. Just tell everyone about us. And then make sure visit our website, tdrexplorer.com. We're also on Twitter at tdrexplorer and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. I'm your host, Chris. The one eating all the delicious food and cocktails as well. Oh my god. So if you want to follow my adventures on Twitter, you can at Burnin Lover and also the same name on Instagram. And as always, my beautiful co-host, Patricia. Uh, I'm the one hugging Gelatoni tightly at night as I dream of Disney. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me at Dream Sweets Love on both twitter and instagram and you know guys most importantly 
keep exploring come come visit our parks over here on this side of the world or if you're living on this side of the world already come tell us man let's have a meetup <laughs> you know let's, let's do, do it. it but keep exploring the parks and thank you thank you thank you uh for listening for these 50 episodes and we hope to continue into the future thank you guys and we will see you very soon bye bye